Donald Trump's lawyers got into a testy exchange with Judge Arthur Ingeron via email this week as they were attempting to continue to delay the trial that of course, yesterday we did have the closing arguments, but by God, Donald Trump's lawyers did not want that to happen. First, Donald Trump's lawyers tried to claim that, well, he's got, you know, Melania's mom died on Tuesday, or at least it was announced on Tuesday. So, you know, he's got, he's got things to do, they said. And the judge responded with basically like, yeah, we, we all do. I'm very sorry about the news, but you know, I have to rearrange like 30 people's schedules just because this one guy who, by the way, is actually still going out and doing campaign events this week. So doesn't make much sense for him to not be able to do the court case, but he can still do all of these other events. Trump's lawyers, of course, were kind of caught flat footed on that. And then Ingeron told them that, Hey, I know you want Donald Trump to go ahead and give a closing statement, but during that closing statement, quote, he may not impugn myself, my staff, plaintiff, plaintiff staff, or the New York state court system. He may not deliver a campaign speech to which Donald Trump lawyer, Christopher Keese said, no, no, we're not going to agree to any of that. <laughs> so Ingron's like, all right, then he cannot give a closing statement. So the whole thing with Trump, you know, as I had said, he would end up blowing up his case. Unfortunately, the judge says, yeah, it's not going to happen because Donald Trump's lawyers would not agree that Trump wouldn't just attack everybody in the courtroom, which by the way, is exactly what I had predicted would happen. It is kind of shocking that Trump's lawyers wouldn't even agree to not letting Donald Trump attack everybody in the courtroom. That's just bonkers. Absolutely a client that is out of control. And it did get so bad, so testy in the email exchange that at one point Ingeron said in all caps, I will not grant any further extensions after Trump's team continued to push for an extension on the closing arguments. And then the fireworks really happened. Donald Trump, angry as ever, got on Truth Social and responded after being mad at the judge by saying this. I am heading to the great state of Iowa. By the way, this is in all caps, like caps lock on whole time. I am heading to the great state of Iowa to fulfill a commitment made to do a big Fox news town hall tonight, 9 PM Eastern. I will then be forced to circle back to New York where I would like to personally do the closing argument on the civil trial where the Trump hating judge and attorney general are working closely together to screw me, even though I've done nothing wrong. This is a rigged and unfair trial. No jury, no victims, a great financial statement just before the important Iowa primary election interference judge refuses to abide by the June appellate division decision, which gave me total victory in this witch hunt. That never happened by the way. Let's go ahead and reiterate that. Like the appellate court did not say Trump won at all. Like that's not a thing that ever happened. Secondly, no jury again, as per usual, take that up with Alina Haba. Cause she's the one who literally forgot to check the box for a jury trial. That's 100% on her, not on the judge, not on the prosecutors. Alina Haba screwed you there. And you say there's no victims. Well, guess what? In a civil lawsuit like this brought by the state, the state itself is the victim. Okay. That's, that's how that works. The victim is the state that got screwed out of tax money because of you changing the values of your property. Like that's, that's kind of what happened there. But I do like that. He's like, I had a prior commitment at Fox. You know, I can't skip that. 
But his lawyer's like, but he needs to skip the trial because, you know, his, his mother-in-law just died. The dude sent out one post on Truth Social, two, two or three sentences, I think it was, about Melania's mom, his mother-in-law dying this week. Like, that's how little he could be bothered. And it was, by the way, sent out in between attacks on Biden and the court system. Like in between ranting about his immunity case and ranting about Biden, he's like, oh, by the way, Melania's mom died. She was very beautiful. Um, yeah, you really don't care. You have no human emotions. And all you know how to do is rant and rave like a lunatic on truth social. Your lawyers are getting just worked over by this judge with their idiotic filings, presumably at your request. But either way, the trial is coming to an end and it's not going to end well for Donald Trump. Well, folks, we've got more drama unfolding in the state of Georgia with attorney, uh, district attorney, Fawny Willis, who, of course, will be prosecuting Donald Trump most likely at the end of this year. What's happened this week is that Donald Trump in a press conference on Tuesday afternoon, uh, building off of what one of his co-defendants said in a court filing, accused Fawny Willis of having an inappropriate affair with one of her fellow prosecutors who was also working on the case. Well, after Donald Trump did this, Marjorie Taylor Greene, in her ongoing quest to save Donald Trump from accountability, filed a criminal complaint. She actually issued a criminal referral for Fonnie Willis to Brian Kemp, the Republican governor of the state of Georgia, along with, of course, the secretary of state. And in her letter saying that Fonnie Willis is apparently a criminal, Marjorie Taylor Greene said this. Fonnie Willis faces serious allegations that she illegally hired her secret boyfriend, Nathan Wade, who has never tried a felony case as her special prosecutor to bring an unprecedented complex and partisan felony RICO prosecution against President Trump, the leading presidential contender for 2024, along with 18 co-defendants. Despite this obviously illegal conflict of interest, Fonnie Willis has allegedly paid Nathan Wade nearly 700000 in official funds. This includes a multiple, a multitude of vague block billings for eight hours, and as a lawyer publicized, even one billing for 24 hours on a single day with the vague description, prepared cases for pre-trial. She goes on to suggest that Willis may have committed foul play for receiving, quote, illegal kickbacks, including lavish domestic and international trips paid for with misappropriated government funds. It's alleged that Fonnie Willis and this other prosecutor uh, took trips to Napa Valley and they took a trip down to the Caribbean. And as Marjorie Taylor Greene says in her letter, they, they may have done this with misappropriated government funds which by the way, is actually a pretty easy thing for the government of Georgia to look at and see if it actually did happen, right? Did you get charged for a plane trip to Napa Valley? Did you get charged for a plane trip to the Caribbean? I mean, y'all, y'all ought to be able to go through and see those receipts right there. Were there big purchases from Fonnie Willis's office for plane tickets? I mean, if there were, then maybe there's something to this. If there's not, then this is just another attempt by Donald Trump and his deranged allies like Marjorie Taylor Greene to try to delay this trial and to slander Fonnie Willis. Now, here's the thing. As I pointed out earlier in this week, if Fonnie Willis was in fact having a sexual relationship of any kind with this fellow prosecutor, okay. So like that, that literally changes none of the facts of the case. It doesn't change the fact that it was the grand jury that voted 
to bring these charges. They voted on the charges. They voted to bring the charges. Like that's not Fonnie Willis and her maybe, maybe not boyfriend doing that. So her having a relationship with another prosecutor working on this case, even somebody that she hired, it's not illegal. It it, it may be unethical, but it doesn't change any of the facts of this case. It doesn't change what the grand jury saw. It doesn't change any of the evidence should have no bearing on this case whatsoever. Now, if, if she did do it again, it's definitely going to look bad. That is not going to help her at all, but it doesn't change the facts of the case. Now, if she did use government funds to go on trips, suddenly then you're looking at a very real problem. Absolutely. Not going to deny that. Like she should be removed if she did that. But right now, even as Marjorie Taylor Greene admits, these are nothing but allegations. Allegations, by the way, that nobody has produced a single shred of evidence to support. Marjorie Taylor Greene sends her criminal referral to the government of Georgia without providing any evidence. She's like, hey, people have said this. Some people have said that. Okay, people say things. You, you can probably find videos of the internet of any person saying any given thing that you want to hear. That doesn't make it true. If the state of Georgia wants to launch an investigation into this, I'm fine. If they find criminal wrongdoing on behalf of Fonnie Willis's part, remove her from office. Like, I'm not going to sit there and say that if she did something wrong, she shouldn't be held accountable. She should be just like Donald Trump. But the underlying fact that Republicans seem to be forgetting is that none of this changes the facts of the case and none of it should have any bearing on the indictments and the upcoming trials. During Donald Trump's immunity hearing this week, as everybody knows by now, you had one of the judge, Judge Pan, on that panel, ask Donald Trump lawyer John Sauer if the president would be immune from prosecution if he ordered the military to kill one of his political rivals. Sauer, of course, responded, well, if he wasn't impeached in the Senate, you know, convicted in the Senate, uh, then no, you can't prosecute him for that. And this was a weird hypothetical. You know, it caused Alina Haba to have to go on Sean Hannity's program and be like, he didn't kill anybody, I swear to God. And everybody's kind of talked about it a lot because again, it's a weird thing to bring up. But one of the people who actually worked in the Trump administration is telling us now that, hey, this may not be as hypothetical as y'all think. That individual happens to be Alyssa Farah Griffin, who at one point served as the White House communications director under Donald Trump. She's now a co-host on The View. And she said during a segment on The View late this week, quote, the problem is with Trump, this isn't super outside of the realm of possibility that we would be in a scenario like that. When he was told his VP had to be evacuated from the Capitol for his own safety, he said basically, so what? Then he said he deserved it when there were hang Mike Pence signs. He alluded to General Mark Milley should be executed. He, in a meeting I was in, in the Oval Office with a dozen other staffers, said that an aide should be executed for leaking something negative about him. So this is a man who will push kind of every boundary that's out there. Now, last month, Alyssa Farrah Griffin said on The View, quote, Right before I resigned, I was in the Oval Office meeting with a dozen other staffers and somebody had, he thinks, leaked a story about him going to the bunker during the George George Floyd protests. And he said, quote, whoever did that should be executed. So Donald Trump may not have ordered anyone to be killed, 
you know, that much as far as available evidence, like Trump didn't order anyone to be killed, but he, according to Alyssa Farrah Griffin, seems to have fantasized about it a lot. And we all remember, obviously, you know, his post on Truth Social just a few months ago where he did suggest executing people he didn't like. Uh, Mark Milley, of course, as Farrah Griffin points out, was one of those people. He has routinely said that a lot of these people committed treason and, you know, the punishment for treason is, he says. So he may not have ordered the military to go out there and actually kill somebody that he doesn't like, but he has damn sure talked about it a lot. Like, more than anyone should be comfortable with. I mean, you shouldn't ever be comfortable with people suggesting like, man, that person should be killed, right? Like that's immediately a red flag. But Donald Trump clearly has multiple instances in recent years where he has openly suggested that people should be killed. So it's not out of the realm of of possibility. And yeah, the judge brought it up as a hypothetical, but it's a hypothetical that absolutely could play itself out if Donald Trump gets back into the White House, especially if the court decides to go ahead and give him this immunity that he wants. They will have basically said, yeah, I guess a president is immune from being prosecuted for ordering the death of a political rival. So it is what it is. Donald Trump may not have ordered anybody to be killed but he sure has fantasized a hell of a lot about it. During his town hall event on Fox News this week, which was aired live, Donald Trump admitted that, yeah, he got millions of dollars from foreign governments while he was president of the United States Uh, which basically is what Republicans want to impeach President Biden for, even though when Biden allegedly did it, he wasn't even president of the United States. But we did have that report last week that showed us that Donald Trump made $7.8 million through the Trump organization from foreign governments while he was president. So they're ignoring all of that corruption but trying to pin President Biden on something that may have happened when he wasn't even president or vice president, by the way. So really interesting dynamic there. But either way, Trump was asked about it during the town hall and he admitted to it. He admitted it happened. He admitted he got money as president from these foreign governments. Here's what he said. That's a small amount of money. You know, it sounds like a lot of money. That's small. I was doing services for them. People were staying in these massive hotels, these beautiful hotels. I don't get 8 million for doing nothing. Okay. That is, that is a hell of an admission, Donald, because here's the thing. We do have this thing in the U S constitution. It's called the emoluments clause. And it says that a sitting president of the United States cannot in fact receive any kind of gift of any value, including cash from any foreign government or dignitary without explicit approval from Congress. So even though the money went through the Trump organization itself, you as the leader of the Trump organization, because you did not actually resign your position, nor did you uh, uh, get rid of your financial holdings in it. You still pulled the profits from it. Therefore your admission that you got money, which you say is a very small amount, bull crap, $8 million is a lot. 
<laughs> ask 99% of the country what happens if you get $8 million. That's a life-changing amount of money. But Trump admitted it. He admitted he got this money. And in their report, by the way, that the House Democrats put out last week detailing this $7.8 million, they explicitly point out that it is a violation of the emoluments clause of the Constitution because Congress did not approve him taking this money. And now he's admitted to it. So we've got Republicans that again are trying to impeach president Biden for maybe, maybe not getting money from his son's company while he was a private citizen versus Donald Trump, who is literally out there on live television this week, telling us like, Oh man, I got the money, but it wasn't even that much money, but I got it. I did it. I took it. It's in my bank account. And Republicans are just Oh, boring. Yeah, whatever. Let's go get Biden and Hunter Biden and let's show his, you know, privates during this house hearing. Cause we all like to see them for some reason. This is, I mean, to say it's insane is just the most basic understatement I could make ever. This is beyond insane. This is a political party, the Republican party from the top to the very bottom. That is just corrupt as hell. That is hypocritical as hell that is willing to overlook uh, potential constitutional violations from their guy while they pursue things that aren't even illegal with the sitting president, just because he's a member of another party. This is just beyond bonkers. And it drives me crazy that Republicans are just so fine with it. It drives me crazy that this is not talked about constantly by everybody that does this because we're entering a whole new era of American political politics, folks, political politics is a redundant statement. My apologies, but you know what I mean? There's going to be no accountability moving forward. We're going to have the most corrupt people you could ever imagine running our government in five to 10 years because behavior like what Trump has done is becoming not the exception, but the norm. And we have one political party out there that is bending themselves over backwards to try to not only defend it, but to actually normalize it. And we as a country are going to pay for that in the future. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.